The podcast today is sponsored by Threadle.net. Threadle is a community for all kinds of people who sew all kinds of things. It provides tools that help you organize and document your sewing, as well as ways for members to share their sewing and to socialize. It's a brand new site that's somewhat similar to a Ravelry for sewing, and the developer, Sabine Schmaltz, is really eager for you to jump in and get started and give her some feedback as she builds it. So visit Threadle.net and get started. Thanks so much, Threadle. Welcome to episode 54 of the Walshy Naps podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Today we're talking about crafting in community with my guests, sisters Kari and Molly Meng. Kari Meng is the founder and owner of French General, a shop and workshop space in River, on Riverside Drive near Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. Kari and her husband Jay-Z have written, styled, and photographed six books over the past 10 years, including French-inspired home, Treasured Notions, Home Sewn, Handmade Soirees, and their latest book, Throughout This Fall, A Year of Jewelry. Kari also designs a line of quilting fabric and patterns for Moda, a line of interior fabric for Fabricut, a collection of steel ruled dyes for Sizzix, and embroidery floss palettes and samplers for Cosmo Floss. Mm-hmm. Kari collaborates with friends and family every year, organizing a three-day craft event called Art of Craft, which is a long weekend of crafting, community, and creativity. This year, Art of Craft will be held in Santa Paula, January 22nd to 24th. In their spare time, Kari and Molly, her sister, and their mom, and a friend named Mogul, take groups of women to the south of France to an 18th century chateau and pretend to live like rural French women. Kari Meng, welcome. Hi, Abby. Hi, it's so great to have you. Thank you. Nice to be here. And Molly Mang is an artist, teacher, storyteller, and designer, and the owner of a greeting card company, 8mm Ideas. Her work is inspired by ephemera of all sorts and the real or imagined history that exists within these random items. With vintage paper, old notes, random photographs, and antique books, Molly creates a fictional history to fit every emotion. Her greeting card line can be found in shops around the world, while one of her while her one-of-a-kind mixed media collages are located in both shops and numerous private collections around the US. Molly keeps an art studio in downtown Los Angeles, together with Robert Mahar. It's called Meng and Mahar Studio, and they hold workshops there twice a month. Molly Meng, welcome. Hi, Abby. Thanks for having us. This is so fun. Yeah, and I just want to note that Molly and Kari's voices are very similar because they are <laughs> sisters. So we apologize in advance for confusion, and we'll try to be as clear as, as possible as <laughs> who's talking. Um, and um, I also want to say that I met Kari in person at Craftcation in March, which was really wonderful. That's right. Yeah. One of my favorite, favorite events. It was. It. Yeah, it was so super, um, and it was great to meet you. So um, I want to talk a little bit, just to start out, about your parents and your household growing up. You grew up in Palos Verdes, California, in a pretty big family, it sounds like. So besides the two of you, how many other siblings do you have? There are five of us total. So okay. Lisa, Kari, Michael, John, Molly, the grand finale. <laughs> so Molly, you're the baby. Yeah. <laughs> And we do that list so often, you know, I think today because people don't necessarily have five kids. So it seems like a lot, you know, when we're all together and people are like, what's that list again? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I will say that your parents have the best names as a couple. They're, (laughs) they're kick and dick. Like that's the best. I just love it. I like. I wish my name rhymed with my husband's name because that would really. Yeah. No, isn't yeah. that funny? You get that. I think is after fifty years of marriage. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did they do professionally when you guys were little? My dad was a manufacturer's rep, so he represented all different collections and lines. Um, he, I think, started with George Jensen Silver Jewelry mm-hmm. back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, we each have a couple good old samples of <laughs> Jensen Jewelry. Um, through the years, he moved, um, eventually doing tabletop. So crystal and flatware, beautiful French flatware and, um, and 
anything to anything set the tabletop. table. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there exactly. was definitely a lot of uh, design influence from, I think, my dad because yeah. he, from a very early age, was kind of smitten with good design. Yeah, and then Kick has a real, um, real specific view of design in her every day. So yeah. each, especially as the kids left, the house just changed drastically into this beautiful kind of old, comfortable yet right incredible right. designs. Mom, mom has this whole blue and white thing going on yeah. in the living room with this mustard yellow. Yeah. So they, mom, they mom, both. mom brings more of the primitive element, the kind yeah. of the antique, the yeah. beautiful old. Yeah. And Dad's is a little more clean, modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so yeah. true. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, and it's interesting. Only now, when we're asked about it as adults, do I realize how much of that design was going on all through our childhood. Yeah. So was your mom working, or was she home with you guys? She's at home. Yeah, she raised us. Yeah, she raised us completely. Crazy as it was. Yeah, (laughs) my mom did the same. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But meals. But now Abby, she says, "I wish I'd had five more." (laughs) She she now looks back on it, wishes she had ten kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're very close, and we've got a an amazing, you know, creative, supportive family that everybody kind of does their own thing. But everybody's in the arts. Yeah, we come together really well. We get, we get asked a lot and we're always kind of uncomfortable with it because it means acknowledging something good about us. But it's, uh, we get asked a lot, how, oh my God, how did all your siblings end up in creative fields? Like you're all in these incredibly creative fields. And don't you get asked that a lot? Yeah. Yeah. What do the other siblings do besides the two of you guys? Lisa um, is an amazing seamstress, but basically she also teaches a lot of our uh, aromatherapy and natural home and body sense classes. So she kind of learns as she goes and becomes a real master at everything she does. My brother Michael is a beekeeper, but he's also an amazing carpenter. Amazing. Amazing woodworker. Right. My brother John is a painter. And And also um, an incredible woodworker. Incredible pieces, yeah. yeah. So, and wow. everybody, everybody kind of practices what they do daily. Which yeah, is nice. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah, yeah, that that's a really creative family, and <laughs> that's really neat. So, I want to talk a little bit because um, I think we should start with sort of the birth of French General. Um, I feel like French General, in some way, is kind of a neat hub, um, and I want to hear its story. So, let's start um, there. This was maybe eighteen years ago, somewhere in there. And Kari, you had just become a mom. yeah. yeah. You had just become a mother, right? Um, you had just had a, a baby girl. And so what was sort of the initial seed of an idea for French General? So I think having like an empty little barn in the backyard was probably the seed. I, I yeah. kind of loved this concept that there was an empty space behind my house that I could convert into anything I wanted. So I really started with, well, what do I want? Like when I walk out into my barn, what do I want to look at? What do I want to touch, you know, smell, like really kind of enjoy? Because this is going to be my private world. So I think originally it was built out of me just wanting to surround myself with my favorite things. Yeah, yeah. And so we were going to France and we started bringing back treasures from France. Um, You know, would fill this (laughs) Tucking them into our suitcase and like our pockets on the plane and that type of thing. Like, oh, this incredible set of, I don't know, silver spoons, you know. Pottery or uh, textiles. Yeah. So we'd fill the barn up and then we'd um, have this one day sale. And after about doing this four or five, six times, Molly's like, all right, dude, it's time to get serious. (laughs) (laughs) This down to the city and actually make a go of this. Um, Are you guys in New York at this time? Yes, we both lived in New York. Yeah. Okay. Kari had been there. Kari had been there for at that point maybe ten years. Yeah, I was going to say ten or twelve years, and I'd been there maybe five years at the most, something like yeah. that, four yeah. years. Um, Kari had asked me to come out and and kind of manage her jewelry business so she could um, have uh, Sophia, and then it, we moved into the store just after that. But I was just going to say, um, off topic maybe. Um, 
back to what it kind of inspired you. I think another thing was a way to find yes, you how to, well, yeah, <laughs> well, you had said this actually, that's no, why know. it came I'm out kidding. a way to hang out with Sophia and stay oh, home totally. with Sophia, but totally. at the same time still have an adult kind of interaction on a regular basis where, yes, you know, yes. things were happening and exposing Sophia to that life. I think yeah. that was an important part yeah, of definitely, definitely what, what started that. Yeah. It, you know, cause Abby, like when you have kids, all of a sudden, I mean, there's that, you know, you, you're, you want to stay home and raise them, but I also didn't want to go brain dead. You know, yeah. I also realized that there would be a lot of downtime, a lot of naps or, you know, kids at parks or something. Yeah. And I thought I got to keep myself busy. Yeah. So it was a way for me to kind of start a home business. Yeah. Right. So you had this barn and then you decided, okay, we've had these sales, you know, we're finding some success. It's fun. We're going to get serious. So what did get serious mean? So getting serious (laughs) meant in all kinds of getting down to, uh, New York city, getting down to Manhattan, walking the streets for weeks on end until a friend of mine said, Hey, I saw this for rent sign over on Crosby street. So Crosby street is like the back alley to Broadway downtown in Soho. So it's an old, it's still a cobblestone street, I think. It's yes, still an it old is. brick street. It is. And but the stores have changed quite right. a bit. And a friend told me that there was a space for rent on Crosby Street. So I walked up and down, finally found it. It was an old bar. Yeah. And we worked hard for about five or six months and turned that into French General, which, you know, we completely redid the interior. We painted, we exposed brick, we put in windows, we put in lights, we redid the flooring and almost made it into this old general store. And that was the concept is that it was a general store that was generally French. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we aren't French. Right. We don't speak French, you know, there's a, but we love France and we have a love affair with France. And so we figured it would be a, a fun kind of twist on the general store. So so did you, um, did you start ordering like actual, you know, stock from catalogs and things like that? I mean, were you still just, you know, stocking the store from your trips or were you, you know, did you start actually like buying things wholesale from, you know? Right. Well, we did a bit of both. Um, we definitely had a good amount of, French antique treasures. And then I would meet people either at the Paris shows or New York shows that were reproducing maybe French cafe or labels or French tea towels. And so we were starting to stock kind of a nice combination of yeah. homeware goods, um, lots of notions, lots of big apothecary jars full of beads and buttons, lots of textiles. Yeah. But then we'd also have, uh, the thing I always remember in that old shop is that case, the jewelry case with all the estate jewelry. And that's something we, we don't do at all anymore. But that was a fun element. People would come in ta- and buy. Like you said, the taxidermy. Yeah, and the taxidermy the we bizarre. did one year. We had a lot oh, of good bizarre. Fabulous. Yeah. yeah, bizarre. We had a lot of good bizarre. It's a little bit um, cleaner nowadays, maybe. Not, yes, as, yeah. not as rough-hued as it was in the early days, yeah. Abby. <laughs> okay. So then, so you were in New York and now you're in LA. So at some point you must have decided to, to move back toward home. Right. So as Sophia was getting older, I, it, there was just the pull, you know, to come home and be around family. And even though Molly and I were working together at that point in the mm-hmm. shop pretty regularly, and um, I just said, I got to I gotta take this show on the road and head home and be, I didn't know I was going to end up in Los Angeles, but I've ended up just loving it. Mm-hmm. And it's near where we grew up. So yeah. Uh, then Molly eventually moved out to California and I convinced her to move to LA and <laughs> she, here she, we are. Yeah. So we've, we're working together yeah. again. Okay, great. And so, um, so you started, um, you know, you started French general as this shop, but I feel like um, I feel like over time it's almost become like a lifestyle brand. Like it's almost like, uh, you can add all kinds of things to it. It's like this umbrella French general, and then it can encompass other endeavors. Like if you started designing fabric for Moda, that's French general as well. Right. And if you're going to, you know, offer workshops, those are French general workshops. And if you're going to start, you know, start designing, um, dyes for Sizzix or wherever you're going to go, it kind of fits under that. Although I'm sure there are certain people who 
assume French general is like Napoleon and not, <laughs> and don't quite understand like it's a yeah. general store and like what it meant. Right. But do you feel overall like that was kind of a good move to sort of choose this name that could be many things? Yes. And I also think that when we left New York, um, I made a conscious decision to build a brand and that was a commitment. And so once you commit like that, like there's no looking back if you, you know, really want to build a brand. So I knew that, you know, we had to stay with, you know, certain color palettes and certain ideas and concepts and not veer too far off of that because it became a comfort level for many people. And they really related to, you know, the look of the textiles, the feel of the workshops, kind of the, the energy of what the French general brand is. So it's a commitment. I got a chance to sit down with the founder of Threadle.net, the sponsor of today's show, Sabine Schmaltz, to hear a little bit more about the site. Where, where do you live? Uh, I live in Germany. Oh, cool. Where in Germany? Uh, in, in the western part, Saarbrücken. What do you feel like Threadle can do to meet people's needs who sew? Well, when I found out how great Ravelry is and how you can do all kinds of cool things in Ravelry, I looked at all the other sites who tried to be like it. And one thing that I noticed was missing uh, and that, that I found most missing was the, the search like when you know you want a dress that is ankle length, has a V-neckline, it has uh, ruffles at the side, something like that, then it's impossible to find on Google. Exactly. So and what so- you do is you ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And so if you're part of Threadle, then you're in a community where you can ask questions and you can show off what you're working on, but you also can search for what you need. Yes, Right. Check out Threadle.net and join the community early. Give Sabine some feedback and get started today. Thank you so much, Threadle, for your sponsorship of the Walshing Ups podcast. And now back to the show. You carry what you design Pretty much the it. shop and then you find things on your trips right. that That's right. you're bringing back. And is that pretty much the inventory? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I still order um, chain. You know, I have to order my chain from, you know, a company in Providence. We do a lot of jewelry stuff. We still make a lot of jewelry kits. So um, we we do order materials. We we do carry someone else's candles, too. And we used to carry French General candles, and the company that made them so beautifully ended up, I think, going out of business or changing their business, something. So that became a product that didn't. We didn't feel we need to find the yeah, manufacturer yeah. for. So those are two products. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do carry yeah. other people. But otherwise, it's it's pretty tight. You walk in, it's you know our fabric, our our jewelry, bead kits, our paper, old paper section, and I mean we kind of present it as like we don't we don't want some, we get people that come in here and say you know well where else can I go in L A that's like this yeah and I'm happy to say like I don't know like, right. <laughs> good luck with that because you know who else is doing this crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super unique. And, and I think that that brings me to my next question, which is about your location. So from my, my, I haven't been there, but from my understanding, you don't have like foot traffic. You're not in this like spot where all these sort of people who are like young and interested in craft and make the make a movement and stuff might be walking by necessarily, but it's more of a place that you would drive to. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And not only would you drive to it, you'd have to know where it was yeah. because apparently there's the same exact address yeah. on the other side of town. <laughs> the other side ah, of in Toluca Lake. <laughs> we are not in Toluca Lake. We are near oh. Dodger Stadium. Yeah. But it's a big mistake people yeah. make. Yeah. Okay. Right. So people are coming to you because you are a destination. And so not only are they getting this, you know, curated selection of like vintage French ephemera and beautiful things, and then things that Kari's design, but then they're also there to take workshops. And so I wanted you to describe a little bit about sort of what the most popular workshops are and what a workshop at French General is like. Well, the, the most popular, uh, this is Molly, the, the most popular mm-hmm. workshop is probably uh, an indigo class that Kari teaches that has... I was going to say downtown dig. Well, then I would say that's the next yeah, one. Right, right, right. And that's right. less of a... We do something called downtown dig, Abby, that's... Um, 
it's 10 women that or men and women, but mainly it's women um, that uh, meet us here at the shop for coffee and croissants. And then um, we all hop in the car and drive just a few minutes downtown and then end up taking them to a number of our favorite places in downtown Los Angeles. So, you know, like, the big fabric shops or the old bead shops or the old millinery, the antique millinery shop. Um, Places we've shopped for years right, or we right, know right. the, in most yeah. every case, we know the owner yeah. and it's a so really fun It's just a day-long little downtown Los Angeles tour, but it's kind of fun. Those that's, are the two most popular. Yeah. That Those, sounds that's, amazing. The, that downtown dig sounds great. If I ever come out to LA, I'm totally going to do that. That would be so fun. What a good idea. Because I would have no, like, no idea where to go, especially if I was just visiting yeah. for like a few days, you know, and that would make the whole trip so awesome. That's a great I know, idea. I know. Yeah, it's a good one. And then we have this incredible lunch in the middle of the day. I mean, it's just a fun, fun day. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. And so the Indigo workshop, that's the one. I think, did you teach a class like that at Craftcation? I did. Yes. I did, yeah. I did at Craftcation. And then next week, I'm doing a video for Creative Live. Yeah. Oh, teaching. Hey. Isn't that cool? Molly's doing uh, one. Robert Mahar is doing one. Mm-hmm. Christine and We're Sherry. Doing, I'm doing two. Robert's doing three. Yeah. yeah. Christine and Sherry uh, from, from So LA. Christine Haynes. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, they're so, doing an on the road thing. Creative Live is doing an on the road show, basically. Los they're coming Angeles down. Show, yeah. yeah, the Los Angeles version chapter. That is so cool. I will definitely link to that in the show notes because that is the neatest thing. That's yeah, super. Yeah, yeah. I think there's six of us that are, and they're coming in and shooting us in our studios. Oh, the best. So we get to see what it looks like where you are. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Okay. That's really cool. Um, okay. So do you feel like, and, and I know Molly, that you have a separate studio, um, yeah. with Robert Mahar, who we were just talking about, who's also been a guest on the Walsh Ups podcast in the past. Um, and that's called Megan Mahar, where you teach workshops, um, as well. So right. do you guys feel like there's a resurgence of interest in like a hands-on workshop as an experience. I mean, you've been in this business for some time now and probably seen ebbs and flows. Like, is it flowing? Workshop wise? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think you're right. It comes and goes. Yes. And we've definitely been there for the highs and the lows and it's, it's become more challenging because there's more players in the field. That's right. Which on one hand is great because then everybody starts taking workshops and it's, they start flowing between all the different spaces. But on the other hand, it really has to keep us on our toes and we have yeah. to be kind of very innovative and smart about what we're putting out there because they could probably go to three or four or five other places and yeah. learn something very similar. And that's everything I'd say from the experience, the place that you're having it. So the experience where you're having it to the class itself, to the techniques you're learning, to the actual way it's kind of packaged. Let's say your kit. Like I think it's really yeah. specific um, ways to break it down. Yeah, yeah, ways to break it down if you want to hold yeah. workshops. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the most unique workshop that you guys do, obviously, is not just the workshop, but it's a whole experience of taking women or men and women, I'm guessing, but it's probably mostly women. It's just women. Oh, it's, it's only open to women. Okay. If you're going towards yeah. another country, it's just women. It's all yeah. women. Okay. <laughs> so taking women uh, to France with you. And I want to talk about sort of the love of France, because as you said earlier, you don't speak French necessarily. You're not from France. Right. Um, and so, Kari, you were introduced to sort of French culture through a college roommate named Dominique. That's right. <laughs> and when you're at the University of San Francisco, is that when you met her? That's right. That's right. Okay. And she she was my roommate. And so I would start taking trips over to Paris and just felt like I knew it before I even knew it. And it just felt like one of those cities that just feels like home. And having, you know, such a great friend there, you yeah. know, and a house there. Such a great was, introduction. Was like, right? It was like home. So uh, my mom had been a always been a big Francophile as well. Hmm. So her and my dad used to go, or they still do, but down to the South quite yeah. a bit. Every year. So <laughs> for my mom's 60th birthday, I'm like, all right, mom, let's go to France. You know, I'll take you all over. So we went all over the South and Provence and all different uh, little, little villages and some of the beautiful villages along the Mediterranean. And then back up into Paris. Were we shopping for French General at that point? We had been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Kari and I had been going on on, uh, over for, you know, a couple years at a time, Abby, Mm -hmm. buying product and 
And so combined with that, and yeah. then mom and you doing this. It just became an easy place to go. Yeah. Mean, it's really comfortable. When we land in Toulouse, we're like, all right, we're home. You know, it just, and I, I think you get that after going to, you know, the same country for yeah. 20, 25 years. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think to have the business based around a country I love was something yeah. that I got really lucky with. Yeah. Yeah. And so your husband is from San Sebastian, Spain. Is that right? That's right. Right. So, so when you would go to his family, you you had the opportunity to sort of go over into the French border, over the French border, and into France as well. Yeah, fifteen minutes from San Sebastian, uh, you're in France, and then you're in Saint Jean de Luz, Biarritz, and then from there you just can shoot up to Toulouse in about four hours. So it was a very convenient way for me to get off the beach. <laughs> get off the beach and go have adventures. Yeah. Um, so what, what was the first idea? I mean, obviously you guys were together, we're going and picking out things and bringing them back. But when was the first idea that you were like, let's bring people? I mean, were people saying, can we come with you? Right. Yes, of course, yeah. Abby. <laughs> Cause I want to come with you <laughs> all the time. And the idea of that, I think originally really turned me off. I was like, yeah, I don't know. tour guide. Like, no, I'm not going to take people to France. But then I think the desire, this overwhelming desire to live in a chateau, just got the better of me. <laughs> I want to live in one of these antique, you know, big, beautiful homes right. and just live in it and feel what it's like to live, you know, next to walls that are, you know, 400, 500 years old. So yeah. I realized the only way I could do that was to to write a program. And right. to sit down with, you know, Molly and her and I, Molly and Kit, figuring out how we can do this. And then Mogul came along because she was um, a guest on week one. And I saw her, you know, organizing people to get on the bus in the morning. And I thought, right on. That's we exactly need that what girl I on our team. Yeah. We need that girl. Yeah. yeah. So that's how Mogul got right. Wrangled. Right. So it's, a, it's, you know, the concept lives and works and breathes because we're all in it. And we're all really involved in the planning, the organizing and the, you know, the, the breaking down of it. Yeah. It works. When you set it up again for the next year, what went wrong? What went right? Let's, how can we improve this, this program? We're kind of, the four of us are kind of like this big pinball, you know, machine. And so everything, you know, when something comes up, an idea or a thought or whatever, we sort of throw it off one who throws it off the other, who throws it off the other thing. Um, we take each week we take 12 guests and we usually go for about three to four weeks. Abby, um, here's the first thing they can do. They can go to our new website. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. <laughs> After 15 years, we decided it might be time for, you know, a little An update. dusting and cleaning. So we've uh, put a lookbook up on the website, a souvenir lookbook. So you can kind of browse through the pictures, see what we do. Um, and then we always, I always say, just send me a note, uh, to notions at frenchgeneral.com. And then we keep a running list of people that are interested. And once we have our dates and ideas all buttoned up, uh, we send out an email to everyone on that list and first come first serve. <laughs> That's perfect. And what are the days like? Like what's it? T- I mean, obviously every day is going to be different because you're going to be traveling to different places, but are there like craft workshops and then like day trips and, you know, how do you kind of structure, like what can people expect for their days that they're with you? Yeah. Every day is um, pretty full of a kind of a 50, 50 thing. So we'll go out uh, in the morning often uh, to a vide grenier and then we'll come back and we'll um, have a workshop, you know, for two or three hours. And then, yeah, and then incredible lunch, and then afterwards we usually pick up on the workshop again, and maybe have um, a little vendor come out to sure. the chateau and little little chateau brocante while we're having coffee market. and cake. Yeah. yeah, they set up a little uh, a little um, brocante there in the yard. I mean, it's crazy. We it's have just a non-stop. sommelier that comes in. We have a masseuse that comes in. So it's really a it's kind of a gift you give to yourself because yeah. it's. As relaxing as it is creative, as it is kind of um, inspirational. It's we kind of all three are important to us, and so we we balance it out. And the days, you know, some are kind of fast and frantic, and other yeah. days you're kind of long and lazy. Yeah, yeah. But you're really good at creating these experiences. You know, I feel like that's what it's like an experience and an aesthetic. 
um, I don't know, like that's a neat talent. I feel, you know, I feel like that's not something everybody can do. But when I met you, Kari, I mean, immediately you were like so friendly and made me feel so comfortable. And I was like nervous and new. I'd just come in and never been to this conference before. And you were, you know, just really good at helping people kind of find their way and feel at ease. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I've I've always gone back to, you know, you treat people the way that you want to be treated. And so, especially in business, it's like, I want to be treated well. I I, I like nice people. I want to work with people that inspire me and that uh, treat me well. And I do the same. So I think it's it's just kind of a business ethics. I think we try to start from a really... um, try to keep our business really tight and clean. And, you and know, I would say that's a direct inheritance from our parents. Absolutely. That's, that's our, that combined with our parents, Abby, are probably the best hosts in the whole world. I mean, uh-huh. we, learned, we learned hosting from our parents. Yeah. 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 And that's just, you make sure everybody's having a wonderful time yeah. and the best that you can give. Yeah. It's, there's a funny saying in our family whenever we're together, the, First and last thing we are usually doing is planning the next party. Like they're <laughs> all together, and we're like, okay, now when are we going to get together at Christmas time? Exactly. My gosh, yeah. that's so true. Yeah. That's so true. You'll have just finished like a Sunday night dinner, yeah. And Kick will be like, okay, so we're next getting together on Tuesday for a concert, and who's bringing the right. you know dessert? And I'll bring the drink. You know, yeah. it's all of that all the time. Yeah, and it's it's like I mean I think it's part of being maybe sort of extroverted. I mean, would you just describe yourself as extroverted, like just really thriving on being with people. And I mean, do you, do you feel like that pull of alone time to, I mean, it must take you time to design collections, write books and, you know, do all of that stuff. You really do have to be by yourself, I think, to do those things as well. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I think we both, or I know that I give myself this gift. I think you do too. But of um, downtime, work yeah. time. I think I'm learning it. Creative time. Like, I'm very conscious of my timeline yeah. and my hour by hour day. And I I think I really, I choose to do what makes me happy and keeps me healthy. And I uh, things that I don't want to do necessarily, even if it's like shipping boxes, I find someone that can help me do that so that I manage my, you know, I think time management is just... It's one of those things that people don't probably spend enough time thinking about, mm. but yet it's, I think once you start learning time management, you really, you can yeah, do more and more. It eases things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then I would also agree with you, Abby, that that alone time or downtime so is something that, like I would say for the France trips, we had to learn. It took us a couple years totally. to learn how, how much downtime you need in relation to how how, how like well 18 hours of the day that yeah. you're hosting. Yeah. How well you're doing it. Yeah. So we do, we make sure that we take, you know, all right, you take the day off today. You take the evening off yeah. tonight. And, um, it's something that, yeah, even in France, we're very conscious of it so that we can then, you know, get up, get that energy back again and get revived. And then I'd say that's something Kari taught me probably 20 years ago is how to do that. How to kind of, I mean, not that I do it well, the time balance thing that you mentioned, Evie, but, um, that alone time thing, or yes, you know what? We are going to take an hour and a half for lunch. Right. <laughs> right. right. It's those kind of things. I've always and if been you like, want to have that glass of wine with lunch, <laughs> you go ahead it. and have it. You know? <laughs> yourself well. Yeah. It's, so little, well. it's the little balances of having, I think, a, a larger successful business. Yeah. 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 You do need to make sure you're treating yourself well. And, and it sounds also like you're very comfortable being able to hire help and bring people on so that it's not all falling on your plate, which I think is another important piece. Yeah. I know what I do well and what I don't do well. And, and there are people that want to do what I don't do well. And I think it's a, it's, that's the collaboration I'm always seeking always. And it's, it's a really important one and something that I think Molly and I both we talk about it a lot. You yeah, know, we use it a lot. Who, how we're working with people and who we're working with. and Because you you always want, you know, like I always want to walk into French General and have good vibes. You know, I w- yeah. always want this to be yeah. a happy, relaxing kind of retreat place, at least mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> so, you know, there's not a lot of tension or we try to kind of keep all of that is, it's not really allowed. Right. 
It's not allowed. We got we got to work it out. We got to work it all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And open communication, I'm betting, is also super important for that. Yeah. Where you just say what's bothering you and <laughs> get that yeah. out in the open, so people can kind of you know hear you and correct what they're doing that's bothering you, and um, you know, and not with, like hold resentments and that sort of thing. I'm assuming right. that's part of it. Um, So I want to talk about um, the art of craft this uh, weekend that sounds amazing. Um, How did that come about? So the art of craft started about seven years ago here at French General. And the idea was to run this workshop concurrently with the CHA show, which is the Craft and Hobby Association. Yeah, and it happens every year uh, down in Anaheim. Yeah. And it runs about three or four days. So we thought, why not bring in artists and teachers to teach a three-hour, four-hour, five-hour workshop at French General? And kind of support that crowd. In a way, it was like to bring that crowd together with then their creative selves, you know? So you're at those trade shows all day long, and then you could come here and, you know, actually do something creative, kind of the other side of your brain. So we do day um, evening classes, and then Sunday evening we do a big, what I've always called an industry party. And we yeah. have, you know, which is so on us, but I love it because, um, you know, all of the, our favorite folks from CHA come up and yeah. we have a, some, uh, just a really wonderful inspirational talk, whether it's by an artist or perhaps one of us, you never know <laughs> who's going to take the microphone that night. And, uh, my dad tends bar and serves right. Lillet. And so it's always the Sunday evening of the CHA show. But this year, we decided to uh, switch things up a bit because mm-hmm. you got to do that, Abby. You know, going back to that topic, Abby, of, you know, French General being the umbrella. Right. And, and things, doing different things, being one of the keys to keeping it all interesting. <laughs> I think that's what... Switch it up. Yeah, yeah. turned it up for yeah. us. You gotta, I just thought... got to flip it sometimes. So yeah. we're grown out of this space. Yeah, we're moving uh, the program, Art of Craft program, up to Santa Paula, which is about... At the most, an hour north mm-hmm. of Los Angeles from Burbank Airport. It's about 45 minutes. And um, we are taking over this historical hotel, the old Glen Tavern Inn. And uh, we're going to have art classes at the Art Museum, uh, the Agriculture Museum. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. throwing a square dance party. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to do, <laughs> the first year, we're going to do cooking lessons with our chef from France, who will be coming over and teaching uh in one of the uh, chef's kitchens there in town and showing us kind of using the regional food. And uh, Santa Paula is like an old historical uh, town, but it's a huge agriculture community. Huge. I mean, the lemons, the oranges, the avocados that are grown there supply. It's old California. A lot of the United States. Yeah. 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 It's, it's old California. It's such a, fascinating little town for that yeah so we're we're trying something different and um you know we're gonna uh actually open up signups on august 15th and then that'll run that program runs in january so that sounds awesome and it sounds like it's would be worth traveling in for but is it still the same weekend as cha or you separate are you like decoupling it i'm gonna separate it because we got to have the party so we're still still doing the sunday night party at uh, at french general we're yes, going to do it yes. the weekend after CHA. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you're having the party and then you're having Art of Craft separate um, right. in this bigger space where you can incorporate more things and that yes. sounds cool. Yeah. Yes. It'll be great. And we'll have just some fun, you know, workshops and inspirational talks and surprise guests and we're having a fun time planning it and we're almost ready to go. So yeah, we're excited. Yeah. yeah. You guys are busy. <laughs> Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So I want to make sure we get to our recommendations because you guys both recommended some great things. And um, Kari, we're going to start with you. You wanted to recommend a special light called the Stella light. The Stella light. It's my favorite light. It's an LED light and uh, it sits on my desk and it's just got this wonderful little mechanism on it that gives you three different um Variations, variations on the light. So you can get daylight, bright light, white light. And then within those lights, each one has three different hmm. powers. So it's a fun little light. And um, my friend Nathan has done a great job, you know, showing it off, at, like the knitting shows and uh, quilt shows. 
So I think everyone needs a Stella light on their desk. <laughs> does your, is your friend work for them or is he the, like in the inventor of it? Yes, he yes. is. He's the designer and the inventor. And he, um, he's actually got a couple different, there's a couple different Stella lights. So there's the desktop, desktop, the floor, the floor and, um, the clamp, clamp on to your desk or work area. And, um, I hear rumor he might be coming out with some new ones too. So <laughs> he's nice. just. Right. Yeah. Great innovative work. Yeah. And this sounds like it's good for like near the sewing machine or if you're going to be doing hand stitching or embroidery or that sort of thing too. Such an incredible light, Abby. If it's ridiculous. If you're not using it, Abby, you're not doing justice to your work. Okay. I got to get one. <laughs> what a plug, right? That yeah. sounds like such a plug. What you'll see under that light. It's just true. It is beadwork, your needlework, your, um, I do a lot of beadwork and needlework yeah, under it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. okay. So the Stella Light. Good. And Molly, you wanted to recommend um, Upworthy's uh, daily email that they send out called the Upworthiest. Yes. I So this, I don't know how I got on it, but it happened a few years ago. And so I get one of their daily emails that has three or four topics and they're all um, kind of current topics, but some have maybe made some rounds around the internet, but mm. since I don't get on the internet a lot, this it, directly to my inbox, it, it perks my day up. Mm-hmm. Even, even if I'm crying with happiness, it, yeah. it perks my day up. So I just love it. I like starting my day with, you know, a positive little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there are they like you click over and then read the rest of the story online. That's right. So okay. it gives you a it gives you a title, a topic. So you can choose from those three, of, or you can read all of them. But it'll be things like, you know, um, these nine teachers were just given um, a certificate from the White House, and they 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 were all here illegally originally. You know, until this, and then you go to the story and read about how they. Um, it's so inspirational. Right. You know, everything's so inspirational. You read about how they struggled Overcame. being yeah. yeah, an immigrant and then came and had this law. and It's wonderful stuff that I might not otherwise be exposed to. Yeah, right. nice. And I love good email newsletter. Like that's yeah. one of the things that I love the most. So it's great to hear of yeah. another one and one that's daily that you actually enjoy and open and don't just yeah. delete. <laughs> exactly, Abby. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Um, and Kari, you wanted to recommend... Alabama on Alabama, which is um, something that Natalie Channon is working on. That's right. That's right. Um, so they're calling it the soul of the modern South. Um, it's being held in the boiler room at Heath, which is, you know, Heath Ceramics in San Francisco. Um, so I read this and I thought this described it perfectly. Refined, raw, and radical. The modern South connects people place, people, process, and tradition in a way that cuts across geography and time. So it basically, um, it features one-of-a-kind work by Natalie Chanin. And um, there's also other, you know, people involved in the show as well, uh, photography, an artist. But what she's doing with quilts right now is just, it's amazing. It, It took my breath away. Yeah, it took my breath away. Wow. wow. I, I don't know if I've seen her quilts. Like I, I know exactly what her clothing looks like, but I don't know if I've seen the quilts. So the I same think, thing, Abby, same, I, I felt the same way. And yeah. so when I saw her work, it was just, it's incredible. Right. Is and it that same like, um, reverse applique, like hand stitch, like on Jersey, is it that same kind of material or is it totally different? It's totally different. Yeah. So, I mean, I think what, I mean, what she says she's doing, and I'm just reading this off of her site, but a vintage quilt over dyed with indigo hand embroidered applique and painted yeah oh wow yeah they're so cool and it's funny because i had dyed a couple of my old quilts with indigo and i keep looking at them and then i saw her work i'm like well she took it to the next level because then she worked on top of right old work it's just i think it's something that just craft wise that is really great to see yeah. And are there, I guess it sounds like there's some images of it online so people can yeah. check it out if they're not going to be able to make it to the show. The show runs July 24th to August 23rd of 2015. So right. if and you're out in that area, you can go check it out in San Francisco. Yeah. Otherwise, boilerroomsf.com shows all the quilts. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So people can take it, take a look. I want to go and see them. That's, yeah. That sounds cool. Um, okay. So Molly, you wanted to recommend a podcast. I love podcasts. And the one you're recommending is one I've listened to in the past. That is awesome. And it's called Song Exploder. Yeah. Wow. And, and it breaks down uh, songs by different artists and, and how they got to that sound. And I didn't even know I was that 
interested and fascinated until my husband, who does this kind of uh, thing himself, uh, recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. And and when I listened to once I started, Abby, I couldn't stop listening. I just each song and each detail of the composer that created it. It's it's super fun. It's super fun. Right. So you ha- they have a musician come on in each episode, and they like play one of their songs that they've composed and written and everything. And then they sort of take it apart and they tell you like, you know, how they created each of the different parts of it and then layer it back together again. Right. And then they play you the song. Yeah. And then you love it in such a different way after that. Cause you see like all the artistic work that went into it. Completely. Yeah. Completely. The one I enjoyed so much, um, was, uh, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. the composer for the Game of Thrones soundtrack. And I just, it's fascinating to hear him talk about it. It's yeah. Neat. And they, he's had me, um, uh, it's, it's hosted by Haresh Kishirway. I think that's how you say yeah. his name. And, um, he's had some, ma- like Bono was just on there. He's had some major <laughs> guests and one of the, speaking about email newsletters. So Song Exploder sends out, um, an email newsletter. Exactly. It actually just came today. It comes on, uh, Fridays and, um, it's really cool. So what he does is he gets, um, different musicians to recommend songs that you should listen to. And okay. so, yeah, you get maybe three or five, uh, every week in your inbox and yeah. they're just songs that, you know, people you've heard of recommend that you check out oh, and yeah, great. it's a great way to discover new music. And I just think that's kind of a brilliant structure for an email newsletter. Like I could totally see a knitwear designer, you know, saying I'm going to, you know, get a bunch of other knitwear designers and, and every week we're just going to recommend a pattern to you, or we're going to oh. recommend a yarn to you, or we're, you know, recommend whatever like knitting needles or whatever it might be, or a website or an app or whatever. And that would be such a great <laughs> newsletter. Every oh. time I get it, I'm like, God, someone should do this. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent idea. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. So that's another good newsletter too. Okay. Um, and you have one more, um, Kari that you wanted to recommend and it's a perfume. I know I'm a big scent person. So I figured I'd throw in my favorite new scent. Um, I like anything that smells like an old French church and, uh, Marrakesh intense, uh, by Aesop is just smells just like that. It's, you know, like a mix of the neroli, jasmine, sandalwood, maybe bergamot. And it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. That's great. That's great. I've never had anybody recommend a perfume. Oh, really? This is my oh. first. Yeah. Oh. It's hard to recommend a perfume on a podcast because it's like, yes. it I know. Like? I know. Well, but. what do they say about it? They say that the intoxicating city of Marrakesh remained our primary inspiration for the evocative aromas of spices used in local dishes, intense colors characteristic of its souks and surrounding desert. Okay. In a perfume, okay. right? Right. That paints a good visual, though. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. All right, good one. Um, and Molly, you wanted to recommend, and this person is amazing. So, um, all right, it's Rebecca Purcell. Purcell's Instagram that's- feed, and she yeah. is a, a stylist and an artist, kind of where those two things yeah. meet. Yeah, right. Stylist as artist, I think. Something like that. Yeah, and I looked on her Instagram feed, and it is amazing. So... The thing that I was most struck about it, okay, so you know when you open Instagram and you get you get three across, right? You get so you, the first thing you see there, there there's I think it's nine photos is that you can see right away on somebody's feed, and you see there are three across, and she makes those three across into like triplets, so they all match, yes. right? Going across, yes. which is so yes. brilliant. I know, I know. Oh my gosh, she's great. She's great, and so. I don't, you know, I said the mysterious world of Mildred's Lane as well, and Rebecca Purcell uh, is part of that. Um, and and yet I don't know what part exactly. I just know she's an artist with them that does these unusual classes and things. And so I've written to her on Instagram, and she responded, which I always love. Abby, I don't know if you feel the same way, but, you know, when you leave a comment for someone, you just think, oh, they'll never see this. This is, I'd love to just tell them I love this thing. And then she wrote back and said, you know, great. I I love watching, you know, what you do as well. So it was fun. But isn't she inspirational? Yeah. Yeah. I really, I love it. I love love that. I mean, obviously Instagram's a natural fit for her because she's a a photo stylist. And so that's the perfect fit. And it's just a joy to see somebody who does it so originally and so well and can kind of have a vision for their entire 
feed so that it's like a piece of art, you know? And then the people that she associates with on Instagram, you know how you can kind of... Yeah. See who she follows, right. Follow that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Um, Are also all very kind of interesting artists and... um, and she promotes them in a very quiet way. And then you go and see what they're doing. And, and many of them are also involved with Mildred's Lane. And so um, that's why it just continues to be this mysterious thing for me. Until I, until I go to one of their events, it's just... What is, what Mild- is, Mild- what is that? What is Mildred's exactly. Lane? Exactly, Abby. I- I'm not even sure. And I've read the, the website many times. But they do events and okay. workshops okay. and dinners and things. <laughs> and it's in, it's in L.A.? No, it's back east. It's oh, back yeah. east. So um, it, it moves around, I think, New York, Vermont. Um, they do summer sessions. I know that. And who? what's the name of the artist that had the shop in New York? Because that's who started Mildred's Lane. Uh, J. Morgan Pruitt. That's right. Uh, Pewitt, excuse me. Right. J. Morgan Pewitt is, so she, is who's behind Mildred's Lane. And it's almost like an art experiment. That's and right. So she moved kind of to a remote area and is basically kind of building an artistic community. Right. And so Rebecca is somehow involved. She's one of the artists. That's right. And if you, yeah, if you just go online to mildredslane.com, you know, you just kind of have to start exploring the website and breaking it down to to understand it more, but fascinating what she's doing. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. This is like a person, people who think outside the box and are thinking something, you know, new and different and experiential and experimental. Yeah. And she has been for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. I find those people so incredibly inspiring. Yeah. 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 People who sort of think differently than the rest of us, you know, Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So, so Kari, tell us a little bit about like what's coming up for you. I know you've got Creative Live coming up soon and a new book um, and, I mean, a million events that you're working on. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and also tell us where to find you online as well. Um, so frenchgeneral.com is our website and um, we're on Instagram um, under French General. And Facebook. And, and yeah. all those places, all under French yeah, General yeah. umbrella. Okay. I don't tweet, Abby. I just don't tweet. <laughs> I just, that's the one thing I just... Can't make time in the day for. Yeah, and that's completely fine because you clearly make time in the day for many other things. <laughs> okay, cool. And so, and we'll look for your new book and um, and for the Creative Live class too. That's great. Yeah. And Molly, what what's uh, coming next for you? And where can we find you online? So I too have a Creative Live shoot um, go, coming up. Um, they shoot next week, but I think they. I'm not sure when they release, but um, I'll be doing a couple different projects for them. And then um, our website for our studio, which is often keeps you up to date on what we're doing, is Meng and Mahar. Uh, no, MengMahar slash MengMahar. A, a total mouthful, but I think if you if you Google us or if you look for us on Facebook under Molly Meng or Robert Mahar. Um, you can find us that way. Well, Kari and Molly, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Walshy Naps podcast. Thank yeah, you. It's thanks, been a lot Abby. of fun. We okay. always love doing stuff together. So right. thanks. And thank you to our sponsor, Threadle.net. Go check them out and see what you think and give Sabine some feedback. Thanks so much, Threadle, for sponsoring the show. And you've been listening to the Walshy Naps podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg, and I invite you to visit my blog, walshynaps.com where you'll find helpful information for creative entrepreneurs, as well as tutorials and patterns for making stuffed animals and dolls. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend about it. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.